Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. As always, we thank you for being here. It is week three, and we've got some start set coming your way with every game, every player, and everything that you need to know. Tell you what, the waters are getting muddy out there. It is getting very unclear with all the injury concerns, players who are disappointments, players who've played well but you don't trust. I tell you what, now more than ever, it is important that you are really taking time to go through your roster and seriously consider who needs to be in your lineup and who doesn't quite make the cut. You know, we're sort of starting to get into the dog days of fantasy and getting every possible win is going to be huge not just getting into playoffs but i'm in leagues where you get a bye week if you play well enough that bye week is very important going into playoffs so as always, we will let you guys know there will be timestamps down in the description below, as well as you can check us out on podcasts. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anything um, that you could want, as well as our website, our podcasts and videos are on there as well. Now, one thing we wanted to do due to comments and suggestions that people got, we're going to change up the video a little bit. We're still going to go game by game, but we're going to handle one team at a time instead of one position at a time. So, for example, it's not the case, but if the Packers are playing the Jets this week, we would cover all the Packers players first and then go to the Jets players instead of switching back and forth that was just by the request of a few people so if you guys have a request make sure to leave it down below and we'll consider it and if enough people like that idea we'll definitely have to throw it into really adding it into what we're doing in these videos as always people say hey this this start set video comes out so early in the week um, is there any way that we could get some sort of an update well yes we're gonna post a video Friday like we do every Friday from now on and it's just going to be whatever topic we want it to be about anything but then the second half of the video the important part of the video is injury updates and information that you need as far as your start sit goes so that second half of that video is really important to get that last minute update on Friday uh, just to make sure there's nothing that we missed or nothing that happened after this video comes out but I think that's about it. And Rob, you have the first game. Let's really save some time. Let's get rolling right into it. Now, before we get into this game, you talk about the waters being kind of muddy there and how difficult it is. You're right. There's been a lot of injuries. There's been a lot of issues with performance. We found out today, of course, that uh, Daniel Jones will begin his start versus uh, for the Giants there. Eli Manning's being sat there. So a lot of weird things are happening, but yet there's a lot of clarity that's happening also in the NFL. I think at the beginning of each year, we make a lot of assumptions on, you know, strength of schedule, defensive onside rankings, things like that. And I think it really takes two to three weeks before we can really start to see some trends. We're seeing that now, and it's going to really help us as we make decisions and move forward. So hopefully that'll be helpful for you. We'll get to this week here. I want to talk about the quarterback for the Titans, Marcus Mariota. Is he a guy that you should play against the Jags, right? Well, he's had four touchdowns in two weeks. He's playing better. Hasn't thrown a pick yet. Looks good. Now, if you look at the Titans, what we said, and we, we're going to stick this, that team is built on playing defense and running the ball with Henry. And so I think if you look at Marcus Mariota this year, they want to keep him healthy and become more of a game manager. I don't think he's going to have a lot of fantasy value, maybe in certain matchups. Now, you look at the Jags. They struggled week one against the Chiefs. But everybody's going to struggle against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, okay? So you can just forget that. Um, but they rebounded last week, and they showed us how good they are. That defense was actually baned up. A lot of guys missed the game for the Jags on defense there. Um, and yet... They shut down Watts in that Texans offense quite a bit there. So it just reminded how good that Jake's defense can be. Um, also, the Titans defense is good. So you look at this matchup here, the Titans versus the Jags. That could be, a real, I would call, like a low-scoring affair, defensive battle. And so for me, you got to sit Marcus Mariota in this one. Let's look at Derrick Henry. Anything you want to say about Marcus Mariota there? No, I got nothing to add. All right. So Derrick Henry, uh, I think it's going to be a tougher matchup versus the Jags in this one. But true to form in their preseason. Uh, coach came out and said, we're going to be giving the ball off and we're going to rely on him. And they're sticking to Henry. They really stick to the game plan there. He's been great so far. In fact, we talked about last year, the first 12 games, he wasn't very good. Last four games, Derrick Henry looked great. What we're going to get this year? Well, you know what we're getting this year? The last four games of last year, he's been really good. 4.9 yards per carry. I think he's finally fulfilling his potential in that offense. He's got three touchdowns in two weeks. And then last year, his breakout game was versus the Jags. He went 238 yards and four touchdowns. So you got to start him in this one there. Now, what I would... What I want to caution you guys, I know that he had a catch this year, went for 75 yards and a touchdown, but just mark my words, whatever you might think about this, we'll see at the end of the look at the numbers. Numbers never lie, right? This guy is not a guy that you can rely to be a big part of the passing game. He's a good back, undoubtedly, but he doesn't have great hands. So for me, he's got lower values in PPRs, but higher value in standards. I would start him as a running back too. Uh, said Deion Lewis right now, he's got no value at all. Uh, A.J. Brown uh, came back down to earth. Now, he did have some injuries, dealing with kind of a knee injury there. He was limited at practice. That might have been or might explain why he didn't have a huge game there. He's a guy that's got a lot of talent, but he's a guy that for you, you shouldn't play. You shouldn't rely upon. He's a bench dash with potential. Don't start him. And then Corey Davis. Talk about um, when you put the bus label on a guy. You know, is it now? When is it? Is it his fault? But this guy has really struggled. And most likely, 
It's going to face Jalen Ramsey in this game. Unless Jalen Ramsey gets traded, he's asked for a trade. Um, between now and Sunday, we'll see if that happens. But I would assume at this point that Corey Davis is going to face Jalen Ramsey. That is not good. Even if Ramsey was gone, Davis is nothing more than a wide receiver four. I would sit him. As far as tight ends go, i got Delaney Walker. Uh, the Jays are solid against tight ends, if you look at it. So I think it's going to be a tougher matchup for Walker there. But I don't know many owners out there that want Delaney Walker and a better tight end. Okay, maybe there's a couple, but honestly, most won't. So I think you can start him. It's not a great matchup, but he, I think he's a low-end tight end start. Now he's got 12 targets in two games, and he's had two touchdowns. He's fully healthy, and he's Marcus Mariota's favorite and most reliable target there. Uh, he likes to throw to them. Let's look at Kicker Santos. Uh, I would sit him. This could be a low-scoring affair. Now, granted, this could be one of those defensive battles that the foul score of the game is, you know, 15 to 12, and it's all field goals. That certainly could happen, but it could also be a shout-out, or it could be a, a 14 to 13 score with two extra points. Whatever it is, too much risk, I would sit him. Uh, Titans defense. They're a great start this week. That Titans defense is very underrated. Now they face a rookie, who, by the way, the rookie's played well. We'll get to him in a second, but he's still a rookie. You look at the Titans defense. They actually have eight sacks in two games and four interceptions, so I think this is a good matchup. I would start them. Now let's get to quarterback uh, for the Jags there, Gardner Minshew. Do you like the way he dressed? Like you said, the way he dressed? Just a little weird, although he's got nothing on Cam Newton, that's for sure. No, he doesn't. Those guys are something else. But anyway, so uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, the rookie, has looked good. I'll be honest, he's looked poised in the pocket. He's played very well. Um, really good, pleasant surprise. If you're a Jags fan out there, you got to be happy about what you got there in that rookie quarterback. But he faces the Titans, and he is still a rookie. And that Titans defense right now is second in the pass in defense and six in points allowed. It's not a fluke. You could say, well, that's just a fluke. It's early in the year. Titans did the same thing last year. Last year, they finished third in points allowed in defense and sixth in pass defense. So that defense is really good. You need to sit Gardner Minshew. Don't take that chance. The only way I'd trust him is if you wanted to, like, daily fantasy and stream him. It's a real cheap cost. But even then, I would probably find another option. Let's look at Leonard Fournette. So rumors were in the offseason. He lost weight, got his head on straight. He's going to be better. And I think he's looked better. Now, right now, his yards per carry is 4.0. That's not great. Uh, but it's actually his best he's had in his career, if you can believe that, right? But here's what I like about it. Eight receptions for 68 yards in two games. He's highly involved in the passing game there. I think uh, it really solidifies him as what I call a low-end running back, too. I think that the Jags are going to do in this game. They're going to run the ball to take pressure off their rookie quarterback and try to, uh, you know, kind of slow down that Titans pass rush there. So I, th I like him again. I, I think him getting, you know, 20, 25 carries in this game is not um, out of the imagination. And here's another reason why I like Leonard Fournette, even though his numbers haven't been great. There's a lot of question marks at running back. You've got McCoy, and you've got Damian Williams, you know, and you've got all these other situations out there that are questionable right now. But this is the one situation where he's the clear bell cow on that team. He is going to get the ball. He's going to get their carries, and you can trust that. In fact, I would go off. I'm going to go on record and say I think this is the week that he finds Pater. So I would start him this week as a running back, too. As far as wide receivers go, I think the Jags wide receivers are a little scary for me. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So last year, everybody tried to pin down who the guy was going to be there for the Jags. D.D. Westbrook. And it was like, no, maybe it's Marquez Lee. And then it's like, no, Keelan Cole. He's the guy. Um, now going into this preseason, who was the guy that everybody was huge on? It was D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. He's going to have a huge year. People are high on him. So far, he's disappointed. Is this the same thing as last year? It could be. But I tell you what, there's one guy out there that I do trust among all other wide receivers, and that's D.J. Chark. Okay. Um, this is the guy that you look towards. This guy has got legitimate talent, and we actually loved him last year. We highlighted him in a video we did in July of 2018 called Players You Should Know. Okay, This is not a fluke. He's got tremendous skill. Now, the downside is they have a rookie quarterback, and they're playing a very good Titans defense. So this week, um, you could start him, but you also have to consider the fact that his ankle's a little banged up. So if you do start him, monitor, make sure he's going to play in that game, and I would start him as a, a low-end wide receiver three. But he is a guy that actually has wide receiver one legitimate talent. So... That's where I would land this week as a wide receiver three low-end start. But monitor, once again, that ankle injury. Make sure he's going to play. Uh, Chris Conley's had two good weeks. He's actually out-targeted and outperformed D.D. Westbrook. But you got Minshew starting versus the Titans. And considering the fact that D.D. Westbrook still has value, it's really hard to trust Conley. So for me, he's a wide receiver four. I would sit him. And at this point, I would sit D.D. Westbrook. Um, until we see a little bit more, I would sit him. I would sit all Jags tight ends. I would sit Josh Lambeau. And I would start the Jags defense in this one. Anything you want to add to that? No, I got nothing to add to that. That's going to be a fun matchup. Maybe not the most offensive matchup, but I'm excited to watch that Minshew. I'm excited to watch him every week, just see what he can do. I think uh, I'm excited to see what he can do throughout his career. That's a guy that's really fun to watch. All right, so here we've got the Bills versus the Bengals. Why not start off with the Bills? So we got Josh Allen, and we talked about him in a waiver wire video. Josh Allen, I like him. He's averaging 18 fantasy points per game, and he's actually getting it done the passing game. 
This is a guy who came in his rookie year. He was very mobile and very talented. But the question was a lot of questions as far as was that offense good enough to help him? And, you know, they added a lot of pieces to the offensive line this offseason. And they added John Brown. And he improved as a passer. He has 250 yards in both games and two touchdowns throughout the first two weeks. But that's not just it. If that were it, he wouldn't be that great of a fantasy option. But throughout the first two weeks, he has 17 carries and two rushing touchdowns. And that's what makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, a lot of times these guys, these realm quarterbacks, they're very mobile. They get rushing touchdowns. And we say, hold on. I don't know if a guy can keep that up, right? Even one of the greatest running quarterbacks of all time, Cam Newton, struggles with ankle injuries. He's not even keeping it up right now. Uh, but for us, we feel like Josh Allen, at least for this season, can keep up that sort of pace. He did it last year. The offense looks very similar. And they need him to do that to get first downs to buy time it is what he does and I think it's a crucial part of that offense so I think not an amazing quarterback but Josh Allen is a quarterback you can play this week high upside there definitely a low floor though got Devin Singletary he comes out week one let me read this off for you. he had four carries 70 yards and five catches for 28 yards uh, he had a good week he looked explosive so it comes out the next week week two and he has six carries 57 yards and a touchdown um, this is a situation where he has really proven himself to be the clear-cut number one back there. Now, we all already knew that. When LaShawn McCoy left, that became very apparent that that's what the Bills were doing. And yet, uh, Frank Gore is still getting some carries, and I believe he found the end zone last week. Frank Gore doesn't look awful, and that's the problem. Frank Gore looked worse. We could see Devin Singletary getting more carries and being 100% the back. But for whatever reason, I think it's because the Bills are willing to admit that they're not a Super Bowl contender right now, that they probably don't want to overwork this guy they want to just let him develop slowly uh, you'd hate to injure your young stud running back yeah so I, I can just hear right now uh not a Super Bowl contender and Bills fans are out there thinking we are 2-0 and uh you are and uh and there's a lot of young players and you got to be excited about it. although it was against the Jets and the Giants if I remember correctly so you know, don't want to overvalue those wins but I can just hear right now like what do you mean we're not Super Bowl contenders we're 2-0 and right now but go ahead so um what I was saying is anyways I think you probably got to avoid playing Devin Singletary if possible. He has added value in PPR leagues. We talked about week one, five catches for 28 yards. Those are good numbers. Um, but if you can avoid it, I try to play someone else this week simply because I think this could be a low-scoring game. I like the Bills as a whole, but again, are they going to lean on him? Obviously, I think you should sit Frank Gore. That seems fairly obvious to me. I'll move on to the wide receivers, though, now. Hopefully that summed that up and gave you enough information as far as the running backs go. But John Brown, he's averaging 20 fantasy points per game over the first two weeks, and he has seven catches in both games. Um, I was never a huge John Brown fan coming into the season, but after the first two weeks, you got to play this guy as a wide receiver three or in a flex. He's got to make your lineup. Seven catches, those numbers are pretty darn good, and he is Josh Allen's number one target. That right there is very hard for me to keep him out of your roster. I don't have any other Bills wide receivers I'd suggest starting, though. I would sit the rest of them. Uh, Tyler Croft, he's their tight end in Buffalo, hasn't even been targeted all year. So probably a good sign that you shouldn't play this guy. I would sit him. And I'd, I'd sit Steven Hushka, Steven Hushka, however you say that, and the Bills defense. I'd sit both of them. I don't think that is an amazing, great fantasy week for either of them. Uh, we'll move on to the other side. Andy Dalton, he has 57 fantasy points in the first two weeks. He's got 729 yards and four touchdowns. So am I crazy for saying that I would avoid playing him unless you're in a two-quarterback league or a deep 16-team league? I don't think so. The Bills defense has actually played really well this season. They absolutely have. And while I do like a lot of his weapons in that passing game, again, I think there's some other better quarterback options. And, you know, Andy Dalton, we know, has not been an amazing quarterback for years. It seems like every year there's question marks as to whether or not he's going to retain his starting position. And a lot of people were surprised as to well he's been playing so how he's been playing so far this year. So, again, deep leagues, yes, but I would probably see if you have a better option out there. We got Joe Mixon. This is a tough situation. Um, he's labeled as healthy, but he's got this low ankle sprain and a bad offensive line. He's averages four fantasy points per game. So, you know, even if he's playing, you've just got so many concerns there. It's a really bad situation for Joe Mixon fans. Um, this is a, definitely a situation where if he plays, I have a hard time saying sit him. Am I right? I mean, Joe Mixon's in there. He's such a good back. And yet you definitely have to lower your expectations. And I would quite honestly expect if I were Joe Mixon personally, I'd milk that injury and I'd stay out another week. But that's just me. You're giving me a look. Well, I'm just saying that's why you're not in the NFL, and that's, he is. But, <laughs> but no, I think you're right. It's very difficult. He has struggled, undoubtedly. Uh, yet, going back to what we talked about with Leonard Fournette, he's the clear lead back there, so he's going to get the carries. Yeah, I agree. I think you're in a difficult position. I actually have Mixon 
and it's hard to sit the guy. It's and it's equally hard to start him too. Um, is very difficult. I, I, I like what you said there. If you do start him, you got to really lower your expectations. Although he did start last year a little bit slow, and then he picked it up. Could that happen again this year? I hope so, because I own him in two leagues. It certainly could. You know what? That's what the comments are for. That's why we try to answer questions. Because I can't say start him. I can't say sit him. That really depends if you have the option. Do you have the talent? Uh, but let's move on to the wide receivers, guys. You got to play Tyler Boyd. He's got 21 targets and 18 catches in the first two weeks. How are you going to sit this guy? And you know what? John Ross is looking like another guy you have to start. He's got 270 yards and three touchdowns to start the season. He has been electric. He's been phenomenal. Um, it's weird. I'm really surprised to see a guy who, and he's a first round pick, uh, but he was a guy that coming in this season people didn't love, and he really took advantage of that A.J. Green injury. So I do think you play him, although I don't quite expect the uh, 270 yards and three touchdowns over two weeks pace to continue. I'd expect that to slow down a bit, but I still think he definitely finds his way in a lot of lineups. Uh, they get their tight end, CJ Uzoma. I think you sit him. I would sit Randy Bullock and the Bengals defense. I don't think this is going to be a great matchup. Uzoma is not a great tight end. Bullock is not a great kicker, and the Bengals don't have a great defense. And so I imagine that Bills playing good defense, run the ball a lot. I don't think there's a lot of points for those three to be had. Um, and that about wraps up the Bills versus the Bengals game. Now let's talk about the Dolphins versus the Cowboys. Let's start with the Dolphins players. That would save you all a lot of time. Okay, this team is historically bad, and they're going to get worse. That's possible. They just trade away one of the better defensive players. Fitzpatrick is now gone. Sounds like Drake is on the trading block. Uh, the only guy that could even maybe consider having would be Preston Williams. He'd be on your bench in a dynasty league as a wide receiver for maybe just the hope that he develops. But we had some comments that even talking about uh, the Dolphins players just gets uh, uh, people to leave your site. So yeah, apparently, apparently unsubscribe if you mention the Dolphins players. Yeah. Uh, but one thing, there's a lot of you know kind of negativity for the Dolphins fans right now. I just want to reach out to you guys and say trust the process. <laughs> I would not. Trust Trust the process. This is bad. What I like you're optimistic. So we want to hear from you regarding, once again, don't start any of the Dolphins on this team. But I do want to hear from you regarding the Dolphins. Will they be considered one of the worst teams ever when this year is done? And what are you saying the odds are that they go 0-16? Once again, make a comment. We want to hear what you guys think. Let's get to uh, Dallas there. Dak Prescott. Start, obviously, that's a no-brainer. He's looked really good. And now they will be without Michael Gallup for two to four weeks. He's going to undergo arthroscopic surgery and his knee to kind of trim a meniscus there. Um, it doesn't matter. Even with him out, he still needs to start Dak Prescott. Seven touchdowns in two weeks. He's averaged 35 fantasy points per game. Now against a very bad team and a bad defense that arguably lost their best corner in Fitzpatrick. So that defense just got worse. Now the downside of this matchup with Dak Prescott is it could be a blowout, and he may not need to throw the ball much in the second half. He has a great floor in this game, but a lower ceiling because of that. Go to Zeke Ullett, um, Start him. He's got two touchdowns in two weeks. And I remember he missed the preseason. Now in week two, he looked better than week one as he's getting himself into playing shape. It doesn't matter. This guy is so good. He's a stud running back one. You start him every week. In fact, last three years, he has led all running backs and rushing yards per game. He's just phenomenal back. Probably the best peer runner in the game right now, hands down in my estimation. Now, the one concern I have about Ezekiel Elliott is, once again, this could be a blowout. There actually is a likelihood in this game he could actually get out-carried by Pollard. Uh, as they rest their starters and give some of their players time to develop on that field. Uh, let's look at Tony Pollard. Um, I actually think he's worth a start if you're, for example, in daily fantasy, he'd be very cheap play. Or if you're in a very deep league, let's say 16 teams or larger as a flex, I think he's a guy that could get, you know, 10 to 15 carries in this game and could surprise you. As far as wide receivers go, there's Devin Smith uh, with Michael Gallup out. Um, you know, he's a guy that you could play in a blowout, but he's very risky too. He's a wide receiver four. I call him a sneaky bubble play in this one, but I would still probably avoid Devin Smith, even though uh, he could get a lot of targets in this game. Just too much question mark there. Amari Cooper start. Got two D TDs in two weeks. Dak's playing great. The number one cornerback is gone. Um, he could easily have 100 yards and two touchdowns and, and miss the entire fourth quarter. It wouldn't matter. I think he's going to have some huge numbers there. Uh, the guy that I like in this one I think is going to benefit the most from Michael Gallup being out in this blowout, I think, is actually Randall Cobb. I actually like Randall Cobb in this one. I like him as a wide receiver three. No, he's got nine of 11 targets in two weeks, and he actually had a touchdown in week one. I like Randall Cobb once again. I would consider him. I completely agree with that. I really like that. In fact, the thing to note with the Minka Fitzpatrick thing is they were playing him at cornerback in the slot a lot, which means he would have lined up against Randall Cobb, who is probably going to be their slot receiver the majority of this week coming up. And so now they've got to scramble to find who their slots guy is going to be against them. I think it's a great matchup, a really sneaky play. Definitely can get you through a week. Let's get to tight end Jason Witten. Um, guy's lost a step, obviously, not as fast as he was. Not that he was ever fast, but he's not going to have a great yards after catch, obviously. But he still has good hands. Two touchdowns in two weeks. 
Uh, he's been targeted a lot in the red zone. In fact, in the last two weeks, he's been targeted five times in the red zone. That leaves him second in the NFL. So when they get down the red zone there, Dak Prescott trusts the veteran tight end there. He looks his way quite often. I would start him in standards. But since his yards and his catches might be lower, um, I would sit him in PPR leagues. That's kind of where I'd land with him. I would start their kicker, and I love the defensive start here. you got to start Dallas' defense in this one. Um, they're going to have a heyday with that offense. All right, guys, so here we got Broncos versus Packers. Why not start with the Packers players? Because you know what? I think you got to start Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Packers really actually had two tough matchups to start the season. The Bears, uh, tough defensively, I should say, because uh, neither offense, Vikings offense, or the Bears offense look great. But the Bears defense and the Vikings defense both look good. Aaron Rodgers still has three touchdowns in the first two games. Not great, um, but you know what? I think that he's going to be fine. I think you have to play him. Uh, Aaron Jones, I think you got to play Aaron Jones, especially in standard leagues. This guy had 27 touches, 170 yards, and a touchdown last week against the Vikings. Now, he got a lot of carries because the Vikings, uh, the Packers got up 21-0 early. So the question is, you know, how many touches are you going to get? Probably not 27 touches, but I definitely expect him to get up to where up there around 20 touches. And I think this could very well be another good week for him, even against a Broncos defense. That is pretty good. You got to start Devontae Adams. I mean, that's plain and simple. This guy's elite. He's an insane wide receiver. Uh, Marcus Veldes-Scantling, guys, I'm going to put him down as a low-end start. The Broncos have the second-best defense as far as allowing the – they've allowed the second-fewest fantasy points to wideouts. So I'm not huge on Scantling this week, and I think you have to lower your expectation with Adams. Uh, but you have to start Adams, and if you're looking for a plug-and-play, a flex spot, Marcus Veldes-Scantling's not a bad choice, not a great one, though, either. I think you got to sit Jimmy Graham. Uh, he did basically nothing against the Vikings last week, who allowed Austin Hooper nine catches, 77 yards in week one. I think Jimmy Graham, uh, he had a touchdown week one, good for him, but he is not as, not the Jimmy Graham he used to be. That's pretty straightforward, and I think we all know that. I think you should sit Mason Crosby. He just hasn't had a lot of fancy points this season. For whatever reason, they're not kicking as many field goals as they used to, so I would sit him and wait. Uh, the Packers' defense, I think you got to start them. They've allowed just 19 points in two games, and they have five turnovers and six sacks over those same two games, so I think you got to play the Packers. I think they could have a good week against this Broncos team. But speaking of the Broncos, let's talk about them. I think you got to sit Joe Flacco. Um, used to be a big Ravens fan back when Joe Flacco played there, but honesty is honesty. This guy's not a great quarterback. Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Uh, Philip Lindsay is a bit of a disappointment so far this season for a lot of people. And you, Rob, you really predicted that that Royce Freeman is coming out over Philip Lindsay, and he's starting to prove to be the better guy. And we fully trust what you said a few months ago, which was by the end of the season, Royce Freeman is going to lead that team for rushing yards and be the primary back. Um, however, at this point, it's still 50-50 split. Um, we like Royce Freeman a little bit more, but could you really start either of them with much confidence? You may have to start Royce Freeman, but you know what, guys? I'm going to tell you what. This is one of the situations. Look at the waiver wire. Look at your bench and see if you have a better option. As far as the wideouts go, Emmanuel Sanders, you got to start this guy. He's got touchdowns in back-to-back -back weeks, and you know what? That whole people were telling us in the offseason, hey, you know what? Emmanuel Sanders, that injury, it's a concern. It doesn't look to be a concern. This guy looks great. Cortland Sutton, he has less in value now that Emmanuel Sanders is playing better. He still has some value, but I'm not sure if I'd play him this week. The Packers defense looks pretty darn good. I think you got to sit tight end Noah Fant and sit kicker Brandon McManus. Um, also, you should definitely sit the Broncos defense. I think they're a fairly good defense, but they're an awful fantasy defense, averaging just 0.5 fantasy points per game. Uh, if you guys, of course, have any more questions, make sure to drop a comment down below and ask. But that is the Broncos versus the Packers, everything you need to know this week. Let's talk about the Falcons versus the Colts at this point. Start with Matt Ryan. Five touchdowns in two weeks, over 300 yards. He's average passing. That's great, but he's also had five interceptions, which is a little bit concerning. But this is fantasy football. And I think uh, when it comes to fantasy, this is a guy that you got to start. You know, This guy's got great weapons. Julio Jones, obviously, I don't need to tell you how good he is. But Calvin Ridley is becoming a wide receiver one in this league. And then you got Hooper's got nice hands. Once again, too many weapons. And then Phillip Rivers versus this defense in week one um, really lit them up. So I think Ryan is a, a very solid start this week. you got to play him. Let's get Devontae Freeman versus the Colts, allowing the third most points to backs. Now, um, his six catches shows that he's still involved in the running game, although we know that Freeman's actually struggled a little bit. hasn't run the ball that good. I think better days are ahead for him. And I think some of his running woes that Freeman has had in the first couple of weeks, he's played some very tough or stout run defenses, and I think it's not going to open up this week. In fact, I think they're going to open up this weekend uh, against the Colts here. I would start Freeman as a, a running back, too. And then Ito Smith, uh, I like Ito Smith. Actually, if you watch him, I think his role is going to increase. 
He's actually looked faster and better than Freeman running the ball, honestly. But he's only averaging five carries per game. And until that number increases, until he gets more snaps and touches, you can't play the guy, sit him. But I think very soon here, uh, Ito Smith's going to start to get to maybe, you know, 10, uh, 10 to 12 carries per game. He just looks uh, better out there. Julio Jones, great wide receiver. Now, in the past, one thing that he lacked in the first couple of years in the league or first few years in there was that he didn't get a lot of touchdowns. But so far, that's not the case. This year, he's got three touchdowns in two weeks. Started Julio Jones. That's a no-brainer. And then Calvin Ridley, he's also got two touchdowns in two weeks after he followed up last year where he had 10 touchdowns. Last week he broke 100 yards. He's a very solid start as a wide receiver too. Calvin Ridley, you've got him in a league. you got yourself a nice young star. Yeah, I'm really happy to have him. It's a dynasty keeper league, and this guy is he is just the future. This guy looks insane. And you talk about the metrics, even Julio Jones has benefited from being, being there. A little less attention has helped him find the end zone. But I'll let you get back to the game, continue what you're saying. Yeah, if you look at last year, actually, in the year, Julio Jones didn't have a touchdown at all. But then I think he had eight in the last nine games or something like that down the stretch. He had quite a few, and I think a lot of that was Calvin Ridley opening things up for him, and that's carried over into this year, and that, that's what you're alluding to, right? Absolutely. Uh, Austin Hooper, I would sit in standards. I will call him a low-end start in PPR leagues. He does have good hands, so he'll have a volume of catches at times. Now, uh, if you take a look at the Colts, though, they kept uh, Hunter Henry and Delaney Walker quiet. And so I think, you know, you've got to have some real concerns there if you're going to start Austin Hooper. Uh, I would want to start him in standards. I would send him in PPRs, but a very low start. As far as kickers go, Matt Bryan, uh, game one, we, he, you know, he got shut out week one against the Vikes, but it was game script. 20 nothing at one point there. They're not going to kick extra points or field goals there. But last week, he showed he still got a strong leg. He's in a good offense. I think you need to start him. And the, the Falcons' defense, um, I would sit. In week two, they look better, but they face the Colts' offense. That's really solid against opposing defenses. They don't give up a lot of points. In fact, they, only, they give up the 12 fewest points to defenses there. So I would sit the Falcons' D. Uh, quarterback Jacoby Brissett, he's no Andrew Luck. Um, we knew he wouldn't be. Um, but he's been good. With that said, the one thing I'm concerned, he's only averaged 168 passing yards per game in the first two games there. But he's had five touchdown passes, which are very solid. Now, I think for him, Atlanta's going to be a better matchup there. But I also think there are better quarterbacks that you can go to. So if you've got to turn to this guy, if you're desperate, do it. I hope you have better options there. Once again, I think he's a decent play. I don't think he's a great play there. Um, he's got what I would call a safe floor, but a much lower ceiling. Marlon Mack. So Marlon Mack has a huge week one. He comes back down to earth after destroying the Chargers' run defense. Well, last week, he came back down to earth, but it was versus the Titans. Like we have said, and we've said often, the Titans' defense is underrated. They're very good. They're very good against the run. This week, he's going to rebound. I think he's going to have a big week there. In fact, he's going to be playing a defense that Dalvin Cook shredded in week one. And so I would start Marlon Mack as a running back, too, and feel very good about that matchup. T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I think with Brissett's lower yards, I think it's also going to lower T.Y. Hilton's yards there. Yet he's still got three touchdowns in two weeks. And this is Atlanta that was exposed by the Eagles' third wide receiver, right? Sean Jackson goes out. Alshon Jeffrey goes out. Here comes Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar goes out and has a huge game. And so that's the corner. That's the defensive backs that Hilton's going to face there. Um, now, if you look at the Atlanta, if you get into the rankings a little bit, right, mm -hmm. they actually look like they're not bad against the pass. And here's why they're not bad against the pass. In week one, they played the Vikes. So those numbers weren't jacked up. That's because Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 10 times. It was a destruction. They destroyed them. So mm -hmm. that Atlanta secondary can be exposed, and I think T.Y. Hilton's going to do that. you got to start him as a solid wide receiver. I would call a high wide receiver, too. Um, Paris Campbell. I uh, like the guy I found in end zone last week, but I think his value is going to increase with Funk out, but he's not there yet. You know, these guys got to get some more touches. He's got to get on the field more, get some more targets, things like that. In the meantime, he's a guy that you have on your bench, got a bright future, but don't start him. Eric Ebron found the end zone. Uh, but in two weeks, he only has seven total targets. He's only averaging 16.5 yards per game. If you have better options, you better sit Eric Ebron. If you got to go with him, I'm sorry. Um, you may be stuck there, but I think that uh, you could probably find somebody else to stream. That would be better. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, like the guy, has been around forever. Uh, stud kicker, missed some more field goals. In fact, out in the year, he's 2 of 5 for extra points and 1 of 3 of field goals. You need to sit this guy. As the Colts defense goes, uh, their best player may not be in the game. Darius Leonard's concussion protocol. Hopefully he gets cleared in time. I actually have him. We have to start individual defensive players in the league, and I've got him, so I hope he makes it. With that said, they're not a great fantasy defense to begin with, so I would sit the Colts defense. Anything I missed? No, I don't think you missed anything. That's pretty straightforward. All right, guys, so we got the Chiefs versus the Ravens. I'm excited to watch this. This is real fire and ice, hot, cold, ying versus yang. What's going to win? I think we got some really good cultures on both sides. We've got this electric Chiefs offense. I got really solid Baltimore defense. Of course, I think the Chiefs have improved their defense this year a little bit, and uh, the Ravens have notably improved their offense. Uh, but this is going to be fun to watch just to see 
um, how this goes and what happens to both teams. Of course, you got to play Pat Mahomes. This guy seems matchup proof so far in his career. I mean, he's been insane. He's been electric. So we'll move on now to the running backs. LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. This situation makes me very uncomfortable. Rob, in a second, I'll ask you for your opinion on this. They're both banged up. They're both questionable heading into this week. Both reports have said that it is not serious, but at the same time, you got to be nervous against a tough defense, running backs splitting time on the field, splitting carries, not looking completely healthy, both questionable. That's the situation where if I'm you guys, I'm probably staying away from that if I can. I'd lean towards starting LaShawn McCoy. He's looked better, and I think his injury is a little more manageable. But Rob, do you have anything to add to that, or do you have any thoughts or opinions on that? Yeah, uh, the healthy and scary right now. What we need in that situation is somebody to be out for a while, honestly, mm -hmm. to clarify it. Um, I think maybe you'll have more on Friday. We'll have more news as far as the injuries go. Uh, my concern is that they all three play, including Darren Thompson. And because of the injuries and other factors there, they all three get touches and they, they just downgrade all their values. At this point, I would probably stay away from that situation if you can afford to do that. Yeah, we were just talking about this last week and about how an injury to one of those top two guys, Williams or McCoy, would be the best thing as far as the clarity in that backfield. And so then all of a sudden I see Damian Williams is questionable. I'm like, that's boom, McCoy, you got to play him. Oh, no, he needs an MRI. He's questionable. But anyways, we'll move on to the other positions. Uh, Tyreek Hill is still out. That makes Sammy Watkins a must-start wide receiver. Um, other than that, now this is where it gets tricky, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman. That's a situation I'm going to try to avoid if I can, if I'm you guys, and here's why. They have huge upside, but they are not safe place. Uh, somebody earlier today, we are reading comments, referred to it as a wide receiver carousel, and I think that is absolutely a negative. Um, you know what? Yeah, McCole Hardman could have a huge day. Uh, Demarcus Robinson could have a huge day. Anyone in that offense could have a huge day, but can you guarantee that Hardman or Robinson is going to have a huge day? No. Um, sure, last week, Robinson 176 yards and two touchdowns, but the week before, he had just one catch. What about McCole Hardman? He had four catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. But the week before, he had zero catches. Can you trust these guys against a tough defense? I'm going to say probably not. They do gain some value if both running backs are out, um, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Of course, you've got to start Travis Kelsey. You've got to start Harrison Butker. Um, I would, however, sit the Chiefs defense. Yeah, did you talk about Sammy there? Uh... Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned him. I think that you should yeah. start him. Do you have anything to add to that? No, no, I agree. I think it's you're right. I think some of the argument would be for those guys why they had big week twos, not week ones as well. Week one, Tyreek Hill was there, but he actually got injured pretty early in that game, mm -hmm. and we didn't see a lot of the usage go up there. It's tough. Those guys, they're in a, they're, their ceiling in that offense is so high, but their floor is also very, very low. I'm the type of guy I like to play it safe. I'd rather move on to another situation. If I got to trade, whatever, get somebody that I thought I can rely more upon, that could be hit or miss. Yeah, they could win you a game or it could cost you a game if they go, uh, you know, no catches and one target. So, all right. So now we're going to go over to Baltimore. We got Lamar Jackson. And I can't believe I'm saying this three weeks into the season. And this is yet another week where I think you should play Lamar Jackson. And here's why he's got 68 fantasy points in two weeks. That's electric. That's insane. Last week, you know, he had great week one passing, but he didn't run the ball. And what I wanted to see him do was my real question was can he still run the ball? Are they still going to run the ball to keep defenses? Uh, kind of honest, right? If he can still run the ball like he did last season, that's really going to help him all year long keep defenders honest. And he did. He had 120 rushing yards. He's got seven touchdowns on the year in just two games. And he plays against that Chiefs offense. If any offense is going to put up a lot of points against the Baltimore Ravens, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And I tell you what, I think the Ravens are going to have to score some points to keep in that matchup. So I think you should play Lamar Jackson this week. As a running back two or a flex play, you got to play Mark Ingram. He hasn't been insane, but the guys found the end zone. He is the running back in that offense, so you got to play him for sure. We've got Marquez Brown. He followed up an amazing week one with 13 targets, 8 catches, and 86 yards. This guy's a pretty solid option. I don't think he's absolutely phenomenal, but those targets were so high. I'm not sure I'm ready to start calling him an elite wide receiver or anything like that, but it's hard to argue with 13 targets. It really is in a matchup that could very well be a shootout. I think you got to play him in this good matchup against the Chiefs. You got to play Mark Andrews. In week one, he had eight catches. He also had eight catches in week two. He's had a touchdown in both weeks, and he's had 108 yards in week one and 112 yards in week two. I don't know any other tight end that has done that so far this season in back-to-back -back weeks. And the tight ends give up these, the Chiefs, excuse me, give up the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends so far this season. That is a must-start guy right there. We got Justin Tucker. You're going to start this guy. He's an insanely good kicker. And you know what? I like the Ravens defense. Uh, they're a great defense, but they're not a great fantasy defense. I think that you should sit them. Let's look at the Vikings versus the Raiders in this one here. So let's start with Derek Carr there. So uh, two touchdowns in two weeks. Uh, he's looked decent, but not great. 
No, he faces a Vikes defense that shut down Matt Ryan, the Falcons, in week one. In fact, it took some garbage time stats to even redeem uh, you know, Matt Ryan's week that first week. And then week two versus Rodgers. Rodgers gets hot. He comes out, has 21 points. It looks disastrous for the Vikings, but then that defense puts a clamps down, and they shut him down the remaining of the game. Rodgers finishes with a decent line, but not a great line. Now Carr travels to Minnesota, where it's going to be loud in that stadium. you got to sit there, Carr. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Coach Gruden said that... Uh, He's dealing with a groin issue, so we'll need to monitor it as the, work, as the week goes on there to see if he's going to play or not, what's going on there. As far as his play on the field goes, when he's been on the field, this guy has looked all the part of a first-round pick. He's looked great. 5.3 yards per carry, two touchdowns. I think the Rays have found their franchise back there. I like this guy. He's looking better and better. If he does play, I think he would start him as a running back, too, but I will call a low running back, too. Uh, it's against Minnesota. Got a good defense playing in Minnesota, and, of course, you got the groin issue. That lowers his bar a little bit there. If Jacob sits... That leaves Washington and Richard, okay? So could you start one of those guys? Here's the problem in the past. If you look at those two guys, Washington and Richard, they're very similar backs, very similar builds, very similar skill set, and they downgrade each other because of very similar roles, and they just split up the carries. The one guy that maybe I would trust there, if you have to go with one, would be Richard. Last year, he had PPR value. He had 68 catches. So he's a guy that you could start. as a flex play in PPR leagues that are large. Um, but once again, uh, that uh, there's even risk in that one there. So as far as wide receivers go, I got Tyrell Williams dealing with the hip pointer. So we're going to watch that one too to see if that hip pointer is an issue or not. But I would imagine he's probably going to play, but watch later in the week and see. Now he's been good this year, and he's been a great play for a lot of fantasy. Was once Antonio Brown left, his uh, value just soared, and he's actually put up really good numbers. But this week, if he plays, it's going to be versus Xavier Rhodes in that Viking secondary. They shut down Julio Jones. Now last week, Devontae Adams had a good game early, but they shut him down later on. Now, Williams is the clear number one man for Derek Carr. He's going to be the guy he's going to throw to a lot this year. So volume alone, even against tough defenses, gives him value. If he plays, you could start him as a lower, um, I would call lower end wide receiver three. Uh, won't have a big game, but he might be decent by volume alone. Let's look at tight end Darren Waller. So there was a lot of preseason hype about this guy. He was going to be the man. Uh, he looked good week one, but unlike Hawkinson, he looked good in week two. He had a good week, too. So I want to give credit to all you guys out there. Um, this guy seriously looked good. And if you drafted him, good for you. I think you found yourself a very good tight end. Guy's young, got a lot of talented. He's going to be highly targeted all year, especially if Williamson misses any time. Uh, Williams misses any time there. It's gonna, his targets will go up there. But he's playing the Vikings. A lot of the 10th fewest points to tight end. So there's a lot of risk there. Uh, there's not a lot of great tight end options. So if you've got him, you're probably going to play him. But you need to lower expectations. Sit Carlson and sit the Raiders defense in this one. Let's look at uh, Kirk Cousins. What to say about Kirk Cousins? Oh, my heart breaks. A Vikings fan. So I'm a Vikings fan here, and uh, I don't want to say he cost us the game, but I'm going to say he cost us the game. Okay, a lot of Vikings fans are blaming on the refs, but how do you explain that interception? It was brutal. True thirds, I guess. It does, yeah. That's the truth of it. So anyways, playing the Raiders, uh, who allowed the eighth most points to quarterbacks. He's got a great matchup for Kirk Cousins. Now, he was efficient in week one. Kirk Cousins did well week one. He was 8 of 10, had a quarterback rating of 140. He just didn't need to throw the ball a lot. Played well there. But last week, he looked bad against the Packers. Um, throwing a costly interception later in the game, just brutal. First down, you know, we're, we're just getting chunks of the yard, you know, five, six, seven yards of carry, first and down, first and 10, and throws in a traffic and, and gets picked off. Um, I think he's risky. I know a lot of people are down on this guy, but you got to remember that between 2015 to last year, he averaged 28 touchdown passes, only 12 interceptions per season. And three of those years playing for Washington, didn't have the weapons he has now with Thielen and Diggs. He's going to get better. I think he's going to make improvements. Now, the concern I have is Zimmer has made it very clear he wants to win games playing defense and run the ball, and they're running the ball really well right now, all uh, week one versus the Falcons, which they just dominated there. I think it's worth a deep quarterback two play. Uh, you can start if you're desperate or if you're in, like, I'd say, uh, leagues where you start two quarterbacks. So, Dalvin Cook. So they started the uh, zone blocking scheme. They brought in Coach Kubiak to kind of twist, you know, kind of to bring some twists there to fix some things, to make some adjustments to that running game there, and has worked really, really well. Um, he's got 265 rushing yards in two games, three touchdowns, 6.5 yards per carry. He's had five catches. Dalvin Cook has looked amazing. Now versus Oakland run defense, that's decent. Uh, doesn't matter. You need to start this guy as a running back one. Yeah, you've got Dalvin Cook in a dynasty league, and you've got to be loving that. Uh, you also got Alexander Madison in this one. I like Alexander Madison. He's actually looked good too, but he's a backup. He's not getting enough touches. you got to sit him. Adam Thielen. Week one was quiet, but it was in a blowout like we've mentioned. Now facing Oakland. Oakland allows the third most points to wide receivers. They got burned by Demarcus Robinson and Ricky Hardman. Uh, they got just torched there. Now they're going to face some good wide receivers. Start as wide receiver one. They got Stefan Diggs. Now last game, little concern. He had seven targets, only one catch, but that one catch was a 49-yard touchdown. He was also robbed 
of another touchdown. And you want me even to get into that one? That was Don't even get me started. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, got to start Stephon Diggs as wide receiver, too. As far as tight ends go, Kyle Rudolph, we've been saying it for two years. This guy is overrated. Sit him. Um, I would sit Dan Bailey. He's been inconsistent. But I would start the Vikings defense at home. They're going to be hungry. Uh, they could have a big game there. All right, guys, so we got the uh, the we got the Jets versus the Patriots. Excuse me. Uh, we're going to start with the Patriots players. Um, big obvious start here. You're going to play Tom Brady. He's got all the weapons in the world and no concerns. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, let's move on to the running backs, though. What do you do with James White and Sony Michelle? And I'll tell you what you can do. You're going to sit James White and you're going to start Sony Michelle. That sounds weird because James White has been playing better than Sony Michelle. Michelle hasn't been phenomenal. But let's talk about a few things now. Sony Michelle comes in after a bad week one, and he gets a little bit better. He has a week 4.0 yards per carry, but he has 21 attempts, 85 yards, and a touchdown. James White has eight catches in the first two weeks, but he's still just a low-end start with PPR value. And here's why. Sam Darnold is out. Trevor Simeon is out for the Jets. The Jets' offense looks awful. I think this is just another easy week for the Patriots, going to beat up on another bad team. And just like they did last week, they're going to lean on their running game. They're going to lean on Sony Michelle, not because they love Sony Michelle, but when you're up big, you've got to keep James White healthy. That guy has been electric for them, not all season long, not just last season, in the playoffs as well. This guy is going to continue to be really one of the biggest and most key parts of that offense. So I expect another 21 big 21 carries, one of those big sort of weeks from Sony Michelle as far as having a lot of touches. I don't love him as a running back. The production there isn't amazing, uh, but Vaughn volume-wise in an easy matchup versus the Jets. Like I said, I think you should probably avoid sitting James White if you can. He's PPR specific. He doesn't see a whole lot of carries or touches in these big blowout games, and so I think you should avoid that. Uh, Antonio Brown, I think you have to play him, but temper your expectations. He went out and he had a touchdown last week. He looked great. People are super hyped about him, but get this. He had three targets and three catches in the first drive. That looked really good, but I tell you what happened, and what do you think happened, Rob? Defenses noticed. Defenses caught on. And after that first drive, he had five targets and just one catch in those previous five targets. Uh, also, I don't know how many targets he's going to get. I think part of last week, uh, you know, his eight targets, I think part of getting so many targets his first game there was the fact that the Patriots were in an easy game and they wanted to see what kind of wide receiver they had. They wanted to see who Antonio Brown could be for them. And so I think that he's not going to be able to explode for 100 yards and two touchdowns. That's not going to be what he's going to be in that system. I think you should sit Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, he has five catches in two weeks. That is awful. Uh, Julian Edelman, this guy's a low-end PPR play only. He has 15 targets, two carries, and one pass. That, I mean, that just tells you, like, as much as it's fun to watch wide receivers throw these fun trick play passes and to see wide receivers come sweep runs, when your wide receiver's throwing balls and getting carries, it tells you they probably don't consider him much of a serious wide receiver as they're using him uh, gimmicks and trick plays to just try to get first downs and move the ball forward. And they don't see him as a legitimate number one. Um, I think you should sit tight end Matt, Lacla Matt Lacoste. Excuse me. I think you, you absolutely have to start Steven Goskowski, and you've got to start the Patriots defense. They allowed three points to Pittsburgh last uh, two weeks ago, and then last week they had a shutout. That is one and a half points allowed so far on the season. This defense has been insane, so definitely think you have to start them. Well, we go back to last year with that defense. It's not just their schedule, who they've played. You go back to last year, last I think it's the last 12 or 13 games that they faced minus Pat Mahomes. That defense is allowing about 11 points per game. They're solid. That's crazy. On the other side, it is not looking so positive. Um, Trevor Simeon is out. Sam Darnold is out. They've got this Luke Falk guy or whoever he is. Most of you probably have never even heard his name before this week. That's a clear sit. Um, Le'Veon Bell, this guy, you have to start him in 10. You have to start him in PPR leagues. He had 10 catches last week. You have to start him, but you have to be almost a little unhappy with it. It's one of those situations where you'd be dumb to not play him. But you're going to be disappointed if you play him. I don't know what to say about that. What are you What are you going to do? Do you have a better running back than Le'Veon Bell? I really doubt it. Um, but at the same time, not going to be a great week. This is going to be rough. I think his stat line could shape up very much like David Johnson's last year. The offense struggled. He was still volume play and then up top 15 in scoring. But his yards per carry weren't very good. He wasn't very efficient, but he still put up numbers. I think Le'Veon Bell do the same thing. But yeah, his touchdowns are going to go down. Not get that many red zone carries. Yeah, it is what it is. If you thought Le'Veon Bell would be the guy that he was in Pittsburgh, well, that's simply not going to be the case. So let's save some time. You should sit Robbie Anderson, sit Jamison Crowder, sit Ryan Griffin, sit Sam Ficken, and sit the Jets' defense. The Jets are, I'm selling on them. Let's get away from them right now. It's going to be a rough week. 
Let's talk about the Lions versus the Eagles here. Start with Matthew Stafford versus the Eagles, who are allowing the ninth most points to quarterbacks. Now, last weekend, Matt Ryan torched them. We kind of expected that. Matt Ryan's got pretty good. But you know what? Case Keenum had a huge day versus them also in week one. Okay, now let's look at Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's been a quality play, five touchdowns in two weeks. Now, now week one was an overtime game that kind of pushed his stat line up a little bit there. And he's got Galladay developing to a, a really solid wide receiver one. The guy's getting better and better there. So he's got some weapons. But here's the thing. Matt Patricia, he wants to win games. He's an old-school guy. Low-scoring games, play defense, run the ball. Very much like last week where they won 13-10. to 10. I think uh, Stafford uh, is rated for us, as I would say, outside the top 15 for quarterbacks. I think you can play him this week. If you lost your quarterback and you're in a need, I think he'd be started as a plug-and-play, not a great play. I think he's solid. He's got a safe floor, but not the greatest ceiling. Kyrian Johnson versus the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles have been stingy against the run. They allow the 10th fewest points to running backs there. Now, his yards per carry have been lower. Carry has been a little disappointed in that. But last week, he had three catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Just a reminder of what he can do, that he can be a three-down back. He's got good hands, elusive in space. So he's a guy that I like. I would start him as a good running back, too, in PPR leagues. Uh, if you're in standards, I would start as a running back, too, but with much lower expectations. As far as wide receivers go, Kenny Galladay uh, has not disappointed. He's had two good weeks there. Now, he's versus the Eagles secondary. Allowed the second most points to wide receivers. So I would start Kenny as a high-end wide receiver, two play this week. There's Danny Amendola. What do you do with that? So... After week one, he goes out there and has a big week. If you follow our waiver wires, you follow start-sit videos. After week one, we didn't push him on the waiver wire, and we didn't push him on a start-sit video, and here's why. Some people were big on this guy, but you know what? Last week is why. One target, zero yards, zero catches. So I think he's a guy that's got a lower floor. He's a slot receiver that has some appeal in flex leagues as a PPR, depending on matchup, but this week I would sit him. Uh, Titan Hawkinson, we caution against high expectations. We have said... Every once in a while, yes, there's always an anomaly. Okay, there's an outlier. But typically speaking, rookie tight ends don't have big years. Um, last week, he was quiet. But he is playing a defense that's vulnerable to tight ends. And we have him ranked between the 10 to 12 as far as our tight end rankings go, depending on your scoring system there. So I think you could start this guy. I think you're probably going to need for some of you out there. Um, once again, not too many teams out there have a really good tight end and have Hawkinson on their bench or vice versa. So a lot of you are going to have to start him with lower expectations. I would sit Prater, and I would sit the Lions defense. Let's look at the uh, Eagles now, Carson Wentz. So his second week was uh, okay after a very good week one. But last week, I think what he was hurt by, Deshaun Jackson goes out, Alshon Jeffrey goes out there, and they're both doubtful for this game coming up. And also, Dallas Godard is questionable. So he's got a lot of injuries there on offense. That hurts quite a bit there. You look at that Lions defense. Okay, that Lions defense has actually shut down opposing quarterbacks in eight of nine quarters. They've done a great job. Uh, the only quarter that they really got exposed was the end of the game there against Kyler Murray. Um, but other than that, that defense has played really well. So if you look at it there... Um, with those injuries that he's got in the team there and some struggles there against some guys out there, I would say that if you can sit him, Carson Wentz, I'd probably do that. If you have to play him, he's still a good quarterback. He still has it hurts. We have him ranked about 12 to 14 range for quarterbacks. Um, depending, like I said, if you have better options, try to sit him. If you have to play him, it's not a bad play, but he's not definitely as high as he was going into week one. I don't trust any Eagles backs at this point. Sit them all. I think Miles Sanders will eventually become the guy there, but right now I don't trust any of those guys. Sit all of them. As far as wide receivers go, you got Alshon, Jeffrey, and Jackson. They're both doubtful. We'll update on Friday's video. Watch that. We'll tell you where they're at, what their status is. I would start Nelson Aguilar versus the Alliance, allowing the seventh most points to wide receivers. Last week, Jackson and Jeffrey are out, and he goes out, and he gets eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. So I would start him as a wide receiver, too, um, depending on your league size. Start Zach Ertz. Uh, the one good thing about all these injuries, that means more targets for Zach Ertz. you got to start him. Obviously, he's a stud there. Uh, Jake Elliott, I would sit uh, with a lot of weapons out there. That offense could stall. He hasn't looked as good as he has in previous years. I would sit him, and I would sit the Eagles' defense. All right, so we've got the Panthers versus the Cardinals. Let's start off with the Panthers because really the big elephant in the room, the big question is, is Cam Newton re-injuring his ankle? He is questionable for this week, and this is an interesting situation um, because typically when quarterbacks are labeled as questionable, they typically play, right? They are the heart and soul of that franchise, of that offense, of that team, and they need that guy to get out there and play. And yet, with shoulder injury, ankle injury, injury after injury this season with Cam Newton, it's starting to look like they'd be smart to sit him. I mean, you got to let this guy get healthy. He cannot take a beating like this much longer. It's really going to shorten his career. Now, uh, I'm going to get into briefly which players to start and sit, and a lot of things for the Panthers, but this is going to come down to check in on our Friday video where we're going to update you when we have a better idea of what's going on with Cam Newton. Until then, there's not a whole lot that I can say, but I'm going to say a few things. No matter what happens, you're playing Christian McCaffrey. That much is obvious. 
DJ Moore, I say if Cam plays, you play DJ Moore as a low-end wide receiver too. If uh, Cam Newton does not play, I think you have to sit him. That's a very uh, situation, I guess, that makes me anxious. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I think you got to sit him. That offense looks pretty rough right now, especially if Cam Newton does not play. Again, things change if Cam Newton plays. Greg Olson, uh, start if Cam Newton plays, sit if not. Joey Sly, a lot of people don't know this. Kicker for the Panthers, Joey Sly, is actually leading all kickers in fantasy points. So I think you got to play this. You almost have to play him either way because I don't think the Cardinals are a good defense. And I think a lot of field goals are expected. I think McCaffrey is good, going to carry that offense a bit. It's hard to sit this guy as the number one fantasy kicker right now. Yeah. You know, as far as Cam Newton goes, you're going to update on Friday, but I would sit him regardless. And I'll tell you why. We did a breakdown. You take away his MVP season. He had that one great season. But other than that, he has not been a great quarterback in terms of passing the ball. I think he's average minus that season, 22 passing TDs per season. He's yeah. been good because of his legs, his rushing touchdowns. You take that away, he's an average quarterback, right? What gives him his value is ability to run the ball. In the first two games, he had minus two yards. So even if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. Mm-hmm. So I just, in fantasy terms, I don't know how you could trust him. But I think him playing is important for the rest of the guys that you had mentioned. Absolutely. I, I love that you, you kind of said that, this idea of we're not going to let you. I don't think you should play Cam Newton either way. But whether or not he plays impacts the value of other guys, especially a guy like DJ Moore. I think the Panthers are a low-end play because I don't trust that Cardinals offense. Kyler Murray's looked good, but he's still a rookie. Um, and they've looked good. I mean, look at what they did against the Rams, I believe, in week one. So they actually look at Panthers' defense looks to be pretty solid. They're a low-end start. Week one was against the uh, Lions. Yeah, excuse Lions, me. Lions, yeah. Um, I meant the Panthers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That mixed up. The Panthers defense. Sorry. It's been a long day. Yeah, it has been a long day. We still have to eat dinner. But anyways, let's move on. <laughs> we got to go to the Cardinals side. Yeah, we're pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, we'll go to the Cardinals now. Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm going to say sit him again. I think that Panthers defense is a little bit underrated. Um, so we go to the uh, running backs now. David Johnson, you got to play him. He played well last week. Um, found the end zone even against a tough Ravens defense. That's a really good sign for this season. I think that uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are both low-end plays. I think Christian Kirk is a low wide receiver too, uh, maybe a mid wide receiver too, and Larry Fitzgerald is a low wide receiver three, barely going to fit into a couple of lineups there this week. Um, if Kyler Murray can continue to throw for over 300 yards like he has at the beginning of his career so far, that bodes very well for those two. Of course, we know Larry Fitzgerald's good, and we know Christian Kirk has all the talent in the world. They've finally been waiting for their quarterback and and maybe they have it as far as the rest of the cardinals go i don't trust their tight end or kicker or their defense i would sit all three of them and that about runs us out here for the panthers versus cardinals matchup Talk about the giants versus the bucks in this one here let's start from uh the big one big news out there daniel jones starting for eli manning you know what eli manning good career two super bowls i think it was time uh, in fact i want to hear that from you guys is it time to make that switch i think it is i think for the last couple of years eli has struggled there I think that Jones is talented and poised for a big game versus the Bucs, but we need to prove it game. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. The Bucs defense has actually looked better than the last couple of years. Uh, let's wait and see what Jones does week one. Uh, Saquon Barkley, don't even to tell you, it doesn't matter who he plays. You need to play. You can play the 85 Bears defense. You're going to play Saquon Barkley. So um, I would sit all the Giants wide receivers except Sterling Shepard. Now, Sterling Shepard missed last game. He was in concussion protocol, didn't get cleared. I would imagine he's going to get cleared this week. If he does, I would start him as a wide receiver three. Evan Ingram. Versus Tampa Bay, allowing the seventh most points to tight ends. This is a high-brand tight end. This guy is so talented there. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with Jones, at quarterback there. He's going to have a great year to start the stud. As far as kicker Rosas goes, um, he's a kicker with upside, but the offense needs to improve. I would sit him, and I would sit the Giants' defense. Now let's look at Jameis Winston. Um, man, it's easy to hate on this guy. I know, um, but put your emotions aside. But I would say the biggest mistakes we make in fantasy is let our emotions get in the way. He's playing the Giants, allowing the third most points to quarterbacks. That D is bad. In week two, Winston looked better. Cut down his turnovers, look more efficient. The reason why I like Winston, why I'm still willing to take a look at this guy, is his wide receivers. Godwin and Evans are both wide receiver ones. In fact, we said earlier in the year that Evans had came out and said that Godwin is just as good as I am. He's pushing me to be the number one guy. We see that these guys are very, very good. So Winston's a sleeper play. I think if you need to start a wide receiver or a quarterback, if you're desperate, you can look his way. Uh, no, he's not reliable, but we actually have him top 12 quarterback this week. We're going to go out there on a limb and say start Winston. Barber Jones, running backs there. Uh, Coach said, we're going to go with a hot hand. We'll see who it is. And you know what? He's really held to that. Uh, Early on, they tried to get Jones the ball, carry. He didn't look effective. Barber took over, got a ton of carries. It's really hard to trust week to week either one of those guys. I think Barber's more reliable, um, but he's got limited talent and floor in that. So um, right now, I think that Barber is what I call a running back three, and Jones is a running back four. Sitting both is preferred. Um, If you have to play one, Barber has more value in standards. Barber has much, much less value in PPRs. As far as wide receivers, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. 
start in both. It's a no-brainer. They're both great guys. They got a great matchup. Start both of those guys, and rest assured, they're going to be just fine. Now, this one's tricky. O.J. Howard. Uh, he's killing me because I got him in a league. Uh, zero targets last week. Um, that's scary. But the guy's still got a high ceiling. He still has a lot of talent. If you have better options, sit him. But how many people out there, once again, have Howard, another good tight end out there? Um, so here's something to consider. If you don't have better options, don't sit this guy that's got upside and talent to go pick up a guy that's simply a plug-and-play. He's got too high and too much talent to give up on him in week three. So I would play him unless you have a more viable, clear option out there. Um, I hope he turns it around. I hope he does. In fact, you know what I think the worst case scenario is? And I have a feeling this is going to happen this week. Poor OJ Howard owners. He's going to have a mediocre week. He's going to have a few catches, 70 to 80 yards, and maybe not quite find the end zone. And then you're going to be left for another week wondering whether or not you can trust this guy. You almost want this guy to go down with an injury or something, just be done with the situation. I remember when I first came in years ago playing fantasy, you know, there's always like the C.J. Spiller situation where we just kept waiting for him to become the guy in Buffalo and kept waiting and kept waiting. It just never happened. The worst thing you can do is let this guy be dead weight on your bench all season. Of course, you, I just advise someone, though, you still have to give it another week or two. But, yeah, it's a really an uncomfortable spot, sort of a nightmare situation you do not want to be in. Uh, I would say start Matt Gay. Uh, that's my advice in this one. And the Bucks defense have scored 9 to 12 points first two weeks. Now they face a rookie. They have some sleeper appeal. Their defensive rankings about 13 to 16, depending on your scoring. All right, so we got the Chargers versus the Texans. And you know what? you got to play Phillip Rivers. He's averaging over 300 yards a game. The Texans are uh, giving up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. That's a must play. And so is Austin Eckler. He's got four touchdowns in two weeks. He leads all fantasy running backs in points. you got to play him. you got to play Keenan Allen. Uh, Mike Williams is a low wide receiver two, a high wide receiver three is another good play. That offense just looks good as a whole. I tell you what, they are not missing Melvin Gordon at all right now. Uh, Hunter Henry is out. That means Virgil Green looks like he's going to be the tight end for them. I'd say you sit him, give it some time, and see if he can do anything. Michael Badgley is questionable. Badgley looked to be a pretty good kicker. If he plays, um, you know, I'm going to say sit him this week. But I imagine he could play. He could play well. And by the end of the season, he's going to be a pretty good kicker. And so he's a guy to watch. I'm going to sit the Chargers defense this week if I were you guys. And that is really quick for the Chargers. I, I trust that offense. There are a lot of guys I feel confident in. So let's move on to the Texans. Deshaun Watson. Five touchdowns in two games. I think you got to play this guy. He's got good weapons, and that offense works through his athleticism. If they're going to win this game, he has got to perform well. Carlos Hyde, you got to start this guy. He has 30 carries in the first two weeks. There are not a lot of running backs to do that. And in fact, it gets even more impressive when you realize that week one, he had 10 carries. And he played pretty well, and that gave them even more confidence. In week two, they gave him 20 carries. I wouldn't be surprised if he managed another 20-carry game this week. I think you got to play Hyde. And I think you got to sit Duke Johnson. Every week is looking worse and worse for Duke Johnson as Carlos Hyde is taking over that offense. He does have some PPR value, but you know that is not a lot. That's typically only a boost to what you're already doing on the ground game, which for him is not much. You got to play DeAndre Hopkins. Duh, that's a pretty obvious start. And I'm going to say Will Fuller probably sit him. He just hasn't had a great year so far. I'd love to see him turn it around, but he just hasn't been phenomenal, hasn't found the end zone. So I'm going to wait on him, and hopefully things will get turned around. Uh, we got sit tight end Darren Fells. I think you got to start their kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn. I'm totally just butchering that name, but I don't even care. You know who I'm referring to. And uh, the Texans defense, I'm probably going to say sit them this week against a good Chargers offense. So as to the 49ers start with Mason Rudolph getting a start there. Obviously, we know that, uh, what's his name, Ben Roethlisberger is now out for the year with the elbow injury. No, he didn't. He played through most of that first half there, got through there, but really got injured in the first quarter and tried to fight through. It didn't work out. Um, playing the 49ers, 49ers front line, good. They bring a lot of pressure there. They got decent uh, defensive backs. I think uh, Mason gets a start there, but we need to see what he's going to bring before we trust this guy. Uh, there is some potential, and he actually looked decent that second half, but I would still sit him. James Conner is questionable. Now, he claims he's going to be fine. He says he's going to play in the game, but we need to monitor that and see how that goes. When he has played, he's struggled. It hasn't looked great, but he's got too much talent, and there's too few backs out there that you can trust. So if he does play, I think you need to start him as a wire, what I call like a running back two. Um, but I think... I've lowered his value. If he does sit, Jalen Samuels obviously becomes a guy that you need to play. If Connor sits, start Jalen Samuels as a running back too. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster starts as a wide receiver too. Now, I know a lot of you guys are fretting about Juju. I've heard a lot of hate out there, but the guys played fine. Even with that offense struggling, consider this. I know there's a lot of haters out there, but on his current pace, based on the numbers he's had the first two weeks, yeah, he would end the year with 1,269 yards and 88 catches. He hasn't found the end zone yet, but once again, those numbers are good and they're going to get better. Juju's going to be fine. Relax. Start him. 
Vance McDonald thrived when Mason took over. He had seven catches, two touchdowns, started him. I would sit Boswell, and I would sit the Steelers' defense. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, after bad week one, he looked better week two. Now we're playing the Steelers, who allow these six most points to quarterbacks. Now they do have the addition of cornerback Fitzpatrick, but he's new to the team. How much time he's going to see in the field, things like that. I think, you know, it wouldn't depend on him upgrading that defense that much. Um, if you need to stream and start a quarterback, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that you could trust this week. I don't think from week to week I would trust him, but I think this week you can play him. He'd be a solid play there. Let's look at that running back situation. This is where, going back to what we said earlier, you almost need an injury. And I hate to say that. I never want a guy to get hurt, but you got Wilson, Breda, Mostart. Uh, they all played great, and that's the problem. They almost had a perfect split in terms of carries. Now, they are playing the Steelers alone in the six most points to backs, so you can't ignore the running backs here. If I had to pick one, Bright is your guy. Bright is going to be your leader in that offense there. He's a low-end running back two or a flex play. Uh, the next guy I prefer is Mostard. I prefer him over Wilson. Um, but timeshares, uh, the way they split it, still make me think you need to sit those other guys. Uh, once again, very scary situation. And I think I'm not going to invest a lot of money in any of those. Somebody actually pick up Bryda. I wouldn't. I'd trade him now while his stock is high. I'll tell you what, what are you going to do when Coleman comes back? Yeah. What about if Derek McKinnon comes back? Once again, I just would stay away from that whole thing. Wide receivers, uh, Debo Samuel. Started as a wide receiver three. The guy looks good. He's a, a wide receiver. Appears to be the number one guy. Then there's Godwin. Now, Godwin is a hit or miss speedster. You know, he's a guy that will go three catches for uh, 85 yards in a TD. But he doesn't get a lot of volume, a lot of targets there. So he's a wide receiver three or four, depending on your league size. And I would say Sint Dante Pettis. In fact, I would say he's actually a guy that you could drop at this point. Yeah. Uh, disappointing. We thought there's a lot of prospect there, but sit him. George Kittle start. Uh, the numbers are going to come around. The guy's got actually great metrics. He's doing really well, and the numbers are going to come around and start him. I would start Gold, and I would start San Francisco's defense in this one. All right, so we got the Saints versus the Seahawks, and uh, with Drew Brees out for looking about four to six weeks, this is an interesting situation. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater is going to get the start for the Saints, and of course you got to sit him, really letting you guys know that as far as how it impacts the rest of the team. Obviously, you're still going to start Alvin Kamara with lowered expectations. you got to play this guy. He's so dominant, but he's not going to be quite the same fantasy stud as he is when Brees is in. You're going to sit Latavius Murray. You're going to start uh, Michael Thomas again. The guy's still such a great wide receiver. You can't sit him, but again, lower your expectations. I think you should sit Jared Cook. And you know, Will Lutz has been lights out all year. He's been so good. I think that you have to play kicker Will Lutz, um, especially because I think the Saints, pretty good underrated defense. They're going to try to keep this low scoring, maybe win on some field goals. So I like Lutz this week. And I think that you should actually uh, sit the Saints defense. Um, I don't think it's a great week for them. I think they're a very good defense, but uh, I don't trust them this week in this matchup. We go on now, guys, to the other side. you got to play Russell Wilson. I have a lot more confidence in Russell Wilson heading into week three than I did heading into week two because there was banged up Tyler Lockett, and I'm thinking DK Metcalf has his only wideout. This is a very sketchy situation. But then in week two, Will Disley comes out. DK Metcalf looks good again, and Tyler Lockett gets 10 targets. Now suddenly he's got three pretty good options, so I like Russell Wilson. I definitely like Chris Carson. This is a perfect matchup a matchup where the other team's quarterback is down the saints are a well or excuse me the seahawks are a well-coached team they're going to run the ball a lot this game because i don't think they're going to need to score a lot of points to beat the saints uh, rashad penny uh, he looked a little bit better last game you still got to sit him this is carson's team however that is good to note that last week he looked a little better looked a little improved I think you should start Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They both look good. I don't think they're wide receiver ones, but they both look very talented, and they got a great quarterback. Um, Will Disley, um, he had a couple of good games last season before getting hurt. He had a good week last week. I think you have to play Will Disley, although I wonder how much they're going to be throwing the ball. That is my one concern with him. Jason Myers, again, the Seahawks. I think you got to play him in this matchup, and you got to play the Saints, or excuse me, the Seahawks defense against the Saints. This is a really a great, great matchup for the Seahawks. Without Saints, without Drew Brees, or could be a bit of a mess. They're a well-coached team. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a mature backup quarterback, but he's not the same guy that Drew Brees is out there. So this could be a very good week for them. So the Browns versus the Rams in this one. Start with Jared Goff. He's throwing two touchdowns and ran for one in the first two weeks. That's not great production, not bad. But this offense is too good to sit Goff at this point, especially with people out there that are struggling to find quarterbacks with them falling left right. Cam is out. Breeze is out. Ben Roethlisberger's gone. I would start Jared Goff. Our running back, Todd Gurley. Start, don't be stupid. I know a lot of you hating on Todd Gurley. We've heard some of that, but you got to play this guy. Last week, he went out once again, had a touchdown, you know, had decent numbers. Not Todd Gurley. You want him to be not Todd Gurley of over a year or two ago. Uh, Malcolm Brown, we cautioned you last week. You know, I love it because people love to hit on our stuff, but you don't come back often when we were right and say, hey, we were right. We said, hey, be careful of the Malcolm Brown hype. And uh, a lot of owners got burned last week. I would not start Brown unless two things happen. One, you're playing a team like the Dolphins. That's going to be a blowout. Or if Todd Gurley's knee starts to act up. Okay? 
Oh, you're going to get what you get last week. Okay, he may vulture a couple touchdowns here and there, but you can't trust him. Wide receivers, Cooper Cup. We said in the preseason, we've been saying for a long time, he's their best wide receiver. Start as a high-end wide receiver, too. They got Woods and Brandon Cooks. Uh, start with their low-end wide receiver, three. I think Brandon Cooks will draw a cornerback ward. That's not good for him. In fact, if there's a guy, those wide receivers, I would say it would probably be Cooks this week. Uh, as far as tight ends go, I'd sit the Rams tight ends. I would start Zerline and start the Rams defense in a, a decent matchup, but not a great matchup. Uh, Baker Mayfield, re rebounded against the Jets. Um, although it was the Jets, so what do you say to that, right? Playing the Rams allowed the third fewest points to quarterbacks, although it was against Bridgewater and Cam Newton, who obviously wasn't 100% there. Now, that Rams offense will score enough points that I think it's going to force him to have to throw the ball to play a little catch-up in this game, so I think that's good. I think you can play Baker Mayfield in this one. Um, let's look at some of those other guys there. Let's talk about Nick Chubb, right? This guy is so good. He's a must-start every week. The guy's a stud. Odell Beckham, started him every week. That's a no-brainer. All you saw, all it takes for him in one play to turn a whole game around like he did in that game last night. You know, the little slant pattern goes, what, 89 yards for a touchdown, whatever it is. He that's what good. he does. He looks good. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I'd sit him. The Rams allow the third fewest points to wide receivers. So I would say he's a wide receiver for now that Odell Beckham is there. Um, and now they have Nick Chubb running the ball so well, it just really devalues Jarvis Landry quite a bit. There's a lot of games where he's not even going to be worth playing. David Njoku had a concussion. He left. You need to monitor that this week and see what happens there. Now we're playing the Rams. are tough against tight ends. So if he does play, he's a very low-end tight end play. Um, there's a lot of risk there. I'd sit Seabrook, the kicker, and I would sit the Browns defense this week. All right, so we got the Bears versus the Redskins. This is really going to be a really telling one for the Bears, who have struggled a little bit this season, that's for sure. Barely pulled that game out against the Broncos due to a really amazing kick. Um, but let's get into it. We're like, uh, just talking about the Bears, so we'll continue with that. Mitchell Trubisky, he's not looking amazing. He looks like he's still making some rookie mistakes and some issues. I think you got to sit this guy. I really do. Uh, David Montgomery, I think he's a guy you should start. I don't think he's a running back one, more of a running back two or flex play. He had 21 touches last week. He found the end zone. He set in stone. He solidified himself 100% in my heart. This guy is the running back in Chicago. I don't know if there's even arguing it right now. He's the guy right now. As far as wide receivers go on, Robinson, the Redskins give up more fancy points to wide receivers than any other team in the NFL, and Robinson has played well and is the number one wideout for Mitchell Trubisky, so I think you have to play Robinson in this great matchup. Trey Burton, you got to sit him. Of course, you're going to start kicker Eddie, um, I'm going to call him Panera because I'm really hungry, but that's definitely not how you pronounce it. <laughs> you haven't had dinner yet. This is this angry. Is, I'm getting desperate, people. <laughs> uh, you got to start the Bears defense. I'm going to talk about why, but the Redskins offense is far from amazing. you got to play the Bears defense. They have looked good this year. Heck, they held the Packers to just 10 points. But going on the other side, Case Keem, you got to sit him in this tough matchup. Uh, I say you start Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is the lead running back in that offense. He keeps himself out there on all three downs in the passing game, running the ball. He looks good, especially in PPR leagues. He gets that boost. And sit Adrian Peterson. He was deactivated and only got reactivated because Darius Geis went down. There's issues with him not agreeing, fighting with the, the staff, the Redskins staff and coaches and that's a mess. You got to completely stay away from Adrian Peterson at this point. I think you got to start Terry McLaurin. He has touchdowns in his first two NFL games. What a way to start your career off. He looks so legit. Uh, the only guys who I can think of started their careers off like Terry McLaurin has are guys who turn out to be like A.J. Green or Julio Jones. Like when you start this hot, that is a really good sign. I think, uh, really put this simply, I think you should sit uh, Jordan Reed, Dustin Hopkins, and uh, maybe start the, the Redskins defense, just because I think that that is really still working on some kinks. That Bears offense is a bit of a mess, and I think the Redskins defense is slightly underrated. Could be a good week for them, but they are a risky low-end play, just to clarify that. So uh, that, unless you have any questions, leave a comment down below, but that is my wrap-up for the Bears versus Redskins this week, and I believe that's our final game. It is.